0: Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops podcast. I'm Brandon Perno, and I'm here today with senior writers Matt Hannafin and uh, Dan Riccio. Uh, what's up, guys? How you doing today? Good.
1: Uh, doing all right, man. How about you? How was your, how, how your guys' All-Star break?
0: Hey, I mean, you know, a nice... Uh, there's been a little bit of NBA fatigue this year, I'm not going to lie. Um, You know, they think that after the, what, 31st or 32nd heat clutch game, you know, you just take some time to relax, let your heart rate settle a little bit and enjoy the all-star break a little bit. But, uh yeah, I enjoyed some of the stuff. Um I think they need to fix the skills competition. I think they need to fix the all-star game. But I very much enjoyed the slam dunk competition this time around. So... Uh, and that
2: surprised me too. I wasn't expecting it to be a good dunk contest, but it really was. It was like that guy on this on Philly, he made it real entertaining.
0: Yeah, Mac McClung, social media dunker turned uh, call up for the dunk contest. If this is this is all he does for the next 5 years, I think it'll be more than enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I be honest, I
1: didn't watch a second of All-Star weekend.
0: Really? At least a lot. Hey,
1: no. you've
0: been you've been on like wait no. for coverage and stuff so like
1: I don't necessarily blame you. No, I'm, like, I was busy Saturday night. Um, I was at a high school basketball game with my alumni playing in a regional championship against uh, a team coached by former Heat legend, Luke Babbitt. Um, And his team team promptly kicked the you-know-what out of mine. Uh, So that was fun. Uh, But other than that, no, I really... I mean, I watched, like, a little bit of the All-Star game. I checked out after, like, five, ten minutes. It's just – it's not something – I don't want to say it's not for me. I mean, like, it was cool to see Bam check in after, like, two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> after Giannis, like, it was like, no, I'm out. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, I – I just kind of – I didn't really watch a whole lot of it this weekend. I would have liked to
2: see uh... – to see Tyler, you know, getting to more of a rhythm in that three-point contest, sure. <laughs> and he, he was, you know, heating up like in towards the middle of his of like his turn, and then when he got to that money rack, he just just ran out of time.
0: Um, the three-point contest is usually my favorite of All Star Weekend, and uh, it was—it's uh, it was
2: usually pretty, the best.
0: It's pretty well, loud one of the best here. I have to say, like, that's a lot of missed buckets. Like I, I was watching with a friend, who's not an NBA fan, you know, and uh, he's like, "So who are these guys? Like, why can't they make a shot?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, these are the best three point shooters in the league." He's like, "What?" It's just, uh, it's it's one of those where it's like, I think there needs to be, I think, I think if you're the NBA, you can look back at this All Star weekend and realize that you need to incentivize players to compete in some of the things i'm like i'm sure you put a million dollar grand prize for the dunk contest and you'll get some stars because like if you look at dunk contest history you have stars who've competed you have the jordans you have the kobe's you know you have the vince carters you have those guys who have all played i'm sorry have all done spectacular dunk contest performances and they've made them part of their legend like the fact that like it always pains me like i know it's stupid because like it's lebron but it's like always pains me that lebron's never done it because like you know you know he's always uh you know it's always like the the triangle right it's uh it's Kobe jordan and i'm like lebron where's your slam dunk contest you know what i mean um, and it's, it's it's arbitrary but it's like it does it is a lot of fun you know what i mean and for nike it's a hell of a campaign but it's like these guys don't want to do it like why is john Morant not doing the dunk contest donovan mitchell's done it you know like you've had guys in the past compete but it's like it's hard to look past, and I really enjoyed the dunk contest this year, but it's hard to look past that Mac McClung, who didn't play a game for Philly before he was called up, you know what I mean? Um, in, in like in the time being to the dunk contest, you know, like you needed to go get a social media dunker out of the G League to make this an interesting dunk contest. Cause like as cool as Trey Murphy's dunks were with uh, Jose Varado and uh and and that kind of thing, like it wasn't that exciting, you know, like uh it's like and why can't why there are great dunkers in the NBA. And it's like I know people want to have their rest and that kind of thing, but if there's an incentive, I think you could actually turn that into something more exciting. Um and same goes for the All Star game. That was like it wasn't that long ago that these were like at least fairly competitive. I remember growing up watching Allen Iverson win All Star MVP and and like just really enjoying those games. And like honestly, I like I don't want Syria to have to bleed me out. So I couldn't care less uh uh this year. <laughs> No,
1: yeah. Like, the all I think it's more so just the all star game. Like, if you were to put, I don't know if how you would negotiate this, but like, yeah, I don't know. The losing team has to pay the winning team an X amount of dollars or something like that. I don't know. Just something gimmicky like that to like at least make they it. Do try. I don't know if there is. Huh?
0: Uh, uh, Dan, did they do the charities this year? Yeah, they
1: did. Okay yeah yeah but like if you were to invent incentivize them in some way like if the dunk contest I've always not always been the belief, but like I would rather have like professional dunkers like not necessarily nBA players but guys who like professionally dunk for a living because I think that's where some of this like gets lost like not with like the Aaron Gordons or like the Zach Levines and stuff like that like those guys in the dunk contest were awesome like that was that was, a lot that
0: of was fun. the last good dunk contest that was two thousand and sixteen. Right. But like, even
1: like Mac McClung, like if you, like, I remember him, like, before he even got to like Georgetown and Texas Tech, like, he was like a legit dunker in high school. But even like, if you're, if you're hiring or like have guys in who are like, I don't, I can't think of like names off the top of my head, but like guys who like, there's guys who are like professionally dunk. Yeah. Social media dunkers, but like NBA players don't, not all of them dunk
2: like, I like your idea. Like, we either,
1: like, there's nothing that we haven't seen at this point from like an NBA player, and so oh. if you can maybe get something who will add like a little bit of spice, kind of like what Mac did. Yeah, Man, why not? I know why not
0: NBA players versus social media dunkers? You know what I mean? Like, maybe, yeah, that, maybe that's not, that a that would something. be something. Yeah. What if? What if like? Would you guys have? Would
1: I? There's also needs probably needs to be a change in like who votes for the dunks or like the judges. So I mean,
0: yeah, like that wasn't that great, and also like, like I mean,
1: not this year specifically, but just in general,
0: like, what if you had
1: like fans vote? <laughs> be, I mean, I think mean, that I mean, would happen. But, like that'd be kind of
0: fun. I would give him a seat. I would give him a seat at the table. You know what I mean? It'd probably be better than having Carl Malone up there. Um, <laughs> right.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> neither of you mentioned Derek Jones Jr. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Miami yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: look, look, I like. It. Like, that was a decent dunk contest, but the highlight of that weekend was Bam winning Skills. And that was the last time they did a proper Skills competition, too.
1: Yeah, the Skills won, like, why are we having three different teams? Like, what are we doing? The Skills
0: competition was perfect. And, like, it it was a Heat tradition for a few up-and-coming Heat star to win a Skills competition. D-Wade won it twice, and and then Bam won it. And then even Bam never defended his crown because they changed it.
1: Yeah. Yep. I just didn't think didn't Wade win it when he was a rookie? Or not rookie, but in that 06
0: year? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he won it, and they he won it, like, back-to-back. I, I
2: yeah. just think that they're changing it too much for their own good. It's just unnecessary, right. and they're kind of just forcing change. Like, the Team LeBron and Team Giannis thing, like, that that should never have been it's a
0: wrong. thing. Right? And it's it back to what it used to be. It wasn't like,
2: Forget about, like, just, like, putting money involved or like teams having to pay each other money. Like what about East versus West winner gets home court advantage in the finals MLB style. Ooh, yeah. Okay. okay. I, that, that. Yeah, I remember
1: when MLB used to do that. They took that away. I think two or three years ago. Yeah.
0: That,
2: that, oh, gi- that gives gross. a lot more reason to make it competitive and actually try.
0: Like it was, it was Kobe who said it best. He's like, he, like we're tuning in because we want to see the best pickup game, the best, like the best pickup game in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, like I, you know, these guys go harder in the Drew.
1: Yeah, they go. Yeah, they do it in the summertime. So it's like, why? why I mean, it's, I get it. So I, I, it's a, maybe a little bit different, but it's still like, yeah. Like, all right, guys don't want to get hurt during the slam dunk contest, but we're seeing guys doing, like, 360 windmills in the All-Star
2: really, game. What, what, like,
1: a day later, it's like, wait, what? Like, how does that make sense?
0: We got Jericho Sims just injuring his, like, uh, his armpits, like, uh, the entire dunk contest, doing the same dunk over and over and over, which is like, like come on, buddy. <laughs> those are was the, the most creative ideas there.
1: I heard that he did a couple things over All-Star break. What? I heard, heard I I I listen, I can't confirm I there's I been there's been some rumors out there no I'm just kidding. <laughs> well,
0: let's talk about it because you guys like I wasn't I wasn't pleased that the Heat didn't make moves during the trade deadline uh but I was like I was kind of I was looking at this season as a little bit of a wash I hate to say it. Um I know you guys were inherently pissed off uh which is totally your right and understandable. Uh but the acquisitions that they've made recently I've been I've been pleasantly surprised about so I will lob it up to Matt, who'll lob it up who'll lob it back to Dan and then we come back to me to talk about it. So all you
1: Well, like okay, what what happened with the deadline is like I wrote something incredibly long about this and how like they've had previous F ups with like their asset management and whatnot on the website. Go please go check that out at hot hopes hot dot com. Um but like they were in a position to where they could have flipped. I mean, when you sign Deadman to a nine-year to a nine million dollar deal as a salary filler, but then you don't use that salary to fill any potential deal, and that's the only deal that you make. But you and you attach a second round second round pick, which, by the way, second round picks were just like just getting like handed out like candy. Like it was just like I obviously didn't expect it. I don't think. Pat and Andy did either but like when you attach a second round pick to a guy that you signed to a salary filler to a team that is just taking in buyout guys and they're just it's like nothing and that's the only move you make like that's not that's not something that you can positively spin um, and it's like they could have I mean in hindsight they probably should have flipped Max at, at whether at the deadline or in the offseason cash out on You could could have done the same with Gabe. You could have done the same with a bunch of players. um, If you were to stack assets or at least have proper asset. Because it's like right now, it's like we're still having these conversations. Like, all right, what's going to happen with Kyle? We're probably going to talk about this later in the podcast. But for the final 23 games of this season, since Kyle's on an expiring deal next season, what's going to happen with it? What's going to happen with Duncan, who has, I think, three years left on his deal after this season? Like they could have there was moves to make. They could have made, but they probably weren't positioned to make any of them. And like, this is not this is a front office that each and every year they want to go for the superstar or they want to go for the guy that's next available. And we make this joke all the time in the NBA that every superstar becomes available not every superstar, but the most disgruntled superstar one happens every two, three, four months, yeah, especially now. And they always want to sit at the table for that. But when you don't I don't want to say manage your assets correctly. I mean, remember this three years ago, they traded three second round picks for Casey Akpala, who then they attached or they didn't attach, but they traded for a second round pick to free up a pick that they traded with for Jimmy, but they put four years of protections on it. Like there's just, there's mess ups left, right. And side. not like, I mean, in in the pandemic season, in hindsight, like, right. Grab, but it's it's, it's, it's in hindsight, obviously, but like, you can't, you can't routinely make these same mistakes because I mean we're going to be talking about coming in the off season. All right, what do we do with Max? Are we going to overpay for Max? Are we going to over- overpay for Gabe? Are we going to overpay for your seven? What are we going to do with these guys? Because guess what, if they're not, they're. I mean your seven's a restricted free agent, but Max and Gabe are two unrestricted free agents. I we have their bird rights, so we could overpay them if we yeah. want to. But what like what's the limit that they're going to overpay them to?
0: I don't think, um, like, why I wasn't why I wasn't pissed about the trade deadline is I don't think Miami was in a position to get any value. Like, uh, all of our it assets, might not have been. all our assets. Like, quite frankly, have sucked lately, and or have been hurt. Like, Duncan was the clear cut yeah. favorite to get traded. You know, right. and he, he literally what, got hurt a month before deadline, and he was he was gaining a little bit of traction again, and then uh, and then he fell but off. Like
2: those situations puts their value down.
0: Well, that's it. Like Lowry, right. everyone wanted to, to trade Kyle, uh, and people were even like, "Oh, let's flip Kyle for Westbrook" and that kind of thing. And it's just like Kyle didn't have, like he hasn't. No, he's hurt again, and he wasn't. He wasn't gaining value heading into the deadline, and his contract's a lot more valuable this summer than it was in the first place. Like I know we'll talk about. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more, but Kyle will get minutes when he comes back because they need to. They need to get like they need to regain some value. And if he is hurt, then you know, and like, uh, you know, Lowry is perennially hurt. That's like, that's been his thing since Raptors days. Um, then at least like this extended rest will probably come, have him come back a little bit better. And like, you know, um, there's a little bit of a difference now because it's a different roster when you come back and you have some guys who can perform the pick and pop admirably. Um, and we can, uh, Dan, I'm going to let Dan say his piece on deadline. And then we can, uh, we can talk about the two new guys uh, joining the squad.
2: Yeah, so with with the deadline, it, it was obviously disappointing. I actually posted on the social media pages that I thought it was actually unacceptable just because of how up and down this season's been and just struggling to find consistency. Like, it didn't take the smartest guy in the world to watch Miami Heat games this season and know that there are holes that needed to be addressed at the deadline it 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 didn't it it didn't take much to realize that and I just feel like there were so many options out there that you know we we even discussed in the last podcast and there were so many options who just like made so much sense that could have came to help this team but in regards to what happened with the buyout I don't think the – even though – before I even get into Kevin Love, the Kevin Love addition and Cody Zeller, I don't think it – either of those guys could have made anything better than what we could have got at the deadline. Like just by seeing what Vanderbilt is doing in L.A., I mean that could have have been someone who was perfect, someone who's young – who does the who does the dirty work, he he's a power forward, he's he's got length. He, someone like that would have been perfect and probably better than what we ended up getting in the buyout market. I still wanted Plumley. <laughs> yeah. Plumley ended up in Clips. Portland, I think. No, no, cl- Clippers. Clippers, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I can say though, no matter how disappointing it was or how they should have made moves at the deadline pat definitely at least made the best of what we could have done and gave just some hope for the rest of the season something to at least look forward to see if maybe a a new face or two especially a veteran like kevin love and you know someone like zeller at least see what adding a couple new faces, even if there were cheap options from the buyout, just adding new people in that locker room and on the floor. It's, it gives something to at least hope for because even though Kevin Love, if, if you look at his stats this year, they're, they're not ideal, but with the Ke- with Kevin Love and his stats this year, you can't really judge off those stats because he was in and out of the rotation for Cleveland all, all season. Yep. So, those stats that you're gonna see if you if you look up on on you know Google or anything if you look at those stats they're they're not accurate stats because Kevin Love has been in and out I think the if after the deadline, when I just heard the name Kevin Love thrown around, and this was before he even officially was bought out, just hearing his name thrown around, I immediately thought that. If we're going to do just at least anything, it, it had to be Kevin Love. It had to be. It's just Kevin Love is exactly the kind of power forward that Bam needed. Yeah. Not, not even just the team in general, just, su- just a perfect pair with Bam, specifically him. You know, someone who can give him more space and someone who can help with the rebounding, someone who can get some outlet passes going. Kevin Love can affect the game inside and outside on both sides of the floor, on defense and and offense. And they
0: already have a rapport, him and Ben, like uh, from the Olympic days.
2: Uh, That's right, yeah. They they have a relationship. So it's getting Kevin Love, I'm not going to say it saves our season – but a name, just a name like that it brings a lot of hope and at least helps with more optimistic thoughts of what can happen cuz you know we we've made deep playoff runs with a solid power forward not not any superstar power forwards but we've made runs with guy, guys like Crowder and PJ Tucker i mean do you guys think Kevin Love at this stage in his career can be better than what PJ Tucker and Jay Crowder brought.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe not defensively.
2: know.
0: Um, I think, I think offensively, I, I think uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt Kevin Love that much. Cause every time he's played the season and gets decent minutes, he's still very good. Yeah. You know? Um. The, for, for Miami, like our problem, our problem is not necessarily defense. Our problem is the fact that we can't score at all ever. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, like uh, you know, we go through scoring droughts all the time. It's been a problem the last couple of years. Someone like Kevin Love helps solve that. He plays that stretch four role like like kind of like you could with not necessarily the same level, but he can get that spacing like you did Bosch. You know what I mean? He's still yeah. he's it's still, a very
2: similar player. A very similar player.
0: Exactly. And you know, if at the very least, and I don't know if you guys agree, but I'm I'm curious to see if you do it makes the Heat more watchable because this has been a painful season to watch, you know? It's like everything that made these guys great last year because it's, it's like all in all pretty much the same roster without P.J. Tucker and what made them so enjoyable to watch last year has been absent this year. You know, you get games of it. You, like, Bam has been spectacular, but, like, I could literally watch Bam highlights and be pleased, you know what I mean? But instead, yeah. it's like, you know, the my biggest pain point for the Heat this season is Especially when we cover games, I don't need to watch the first three quarters. I can watch, I can watch the last two right. minutes. I can right. watch the That's- last five minutes, and the game's going to get decided then. The first three quarters—that's a valid statement, right there. And you don't want to watch the third quarter, Brandon? No, I never want to watch the third quarter, but I'm always forced to sit through it. Um, but it's, uh, it's it's one it's one of those things where it's just like it hasn't been that fun. But adding Kevin Love to the mix, okay, all the things that made the offense stagnant. That kind of disappears a little bit. There's more gravity to it because, like, let's face it. I mean, Duncan wasn't giving much gravity this year, you know. And I know Spo went to say like, "Oh, Kevin kind of gives the same gravity that Duncan gives." No, Spo. Like, I hate to disagree with Coach Spo, but he gives the same gravity that Duncan did three years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like right. That, that can make the team better. Um. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I'm also just a big Kevin Love fanboy. Anyway. So, like, uh, I wanted him in an eight uniform forever.
2: So you got got your guy then now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was – Dan, you posted, like, uh, buyout targets in our Slack. And I was like, Kevin Love's not going anywhere because, like, I figured he's in Cleveland for the rest of his days. Like, he loves it there. They love him. You know, he's won a championship there. He's the only one from the big three era left like he's just gonna they're gonna like they're gonna retire his number anyway but he's not going anywhere so to see him leave and to see what he's spoken about the heat like the heat culture and the heat organization in general i would not be surprised to see him stick around uh you know for another contract so we'll have to see
2: i'm i'm very impressed with what pat riley and andy ellisberg just managed to do so last minute you know being inconsistent all season long uh, always games going down to the last minute, you know, clearly just like teetering, like over just over being average as a team throughout most of the season, then striking out completely at the deadline, not being able to get rid of contracts that we would have wanted to get rid of, not being able to bring in people we would have, might've wanted to bring in. And to somehow at the very last minute get involved in Kevin Love rumors I was pretty impressed that, you know, he, he, Pat Riley, he made something out of nothing because so many fans were just so disappointed and upset. And I mean, just going on the the Miami heat Instagram page, every single post of the day after the deadline, fans were just commenting just pretty nasty stuff, honestly. And I was very impressed that even with all the circumstances and not making deadline moves Pat Riley still somehow found a way to add a new dynamic to the team and for a a very cheap price, too. I mean, this doesn't affect our cap space that much, adding someone like Kevin Love from a buyout. And with Kevin Love, you kind of get like a little bit of a preview of what could have been if Chris Bosh stayed around.
0: You're going to make me cry, man. Uh, yeah. it's, You're make me cry.
2: It's, it's something very interesting to think about, and I, I don't think it's been talked about enough either. Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, I, I think, are very similar. I think they have very similar skill sets offensively. Maybe Bosh was a little bit better defensively, but just in general, very, very similar players. So to get Kevin Love, even though he's a little older now, we still know, like how you mentioned before, when he does get minutes, we still know he can produce. You get a little preview of what could have been with Dan, a guy like I'm, I'm going to
0: interrupt match. you just for a second. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get back to that thought in just a second. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. Uh, Dan, you were just explaining the uh, similarities between uh, Love and uh, one former Heat superstar, Chris Bosh, so I will let you get back to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting. I, I personally think it's exciting. You know, just to see someone of his caliber, a five-time All-Star, someone with career averages of 17 points, 10 rebounds, of 38% from three, it's it really does make you think what could have happened if you know a player like bosh was bam's front court partner you get a little bit of a preview of that now with similar traits between love and chris bosh and to go back to just the the buyout additions that we made i didn't say anything about cody zeller yet i'm i do think that there could have been uh, maybe some better options. I mean, I know Nerland's Noel was linked to Miami a couple times throughout the season. I kind of would have liked to see Noel as a backup, especially considering that Zeller hasn't played in a while. But the way I think of the Zeller pickup is when he was last in an NBA rotation and getting minutes with Charlotte, and this was in 2020, he was putting up nearly 10 points, seven boards on 56% shooting from the field. That's pr- that's pretty solid if you ask me, especially as a backup big. And I'm I don't know if he's going to put up numbers near that. I I really don't know. I mean, that was in only 20 minutes of action with Charlotte in 2020, so it, it could be possible, but even if you get something close to that, that's clearly an upgrade over what Deadman was giving us this year. So, yeah, I'm super excited about Love. I think that it's not a season changer, but it's just a new dynamic. It's an it's a it's an exciting change that really that he needed all season long. But Zeller was a very underrated and low-key move. I mean, I think I saw a tweet that Miami held a private workout for Zeller, and when I saw that, I didn't even really think it was legit. And then, little did I know, the next day we signed Cody Zeller. So, I mean, it was very under the radar, like bringing in a player like Zeller. But I mean, that's a it's a near seven foot body. I, I'm pretty sure he's listed as six eleven, but it's a it's a tall body. He brings length, and I'm not as excited to see Zeller on the court as Kevin Love, just because I know how much more Kevin Love can bring to the table than a player like Cody Zeller. But I'm at least interested to see if Zeller can maybe give Yurtsevin like a run for his money to see who gets those backup big minutes. I don't know what you guys think. If it should be Yurt when he gets healthy or if it should be Zeller, that's pretty tough in my opinion. Earn
0: it on the court is what I say, man. And like, uh, I think what you said about Zeller is completely fair and it's kind of how I feel too. He's solid. You know what I mean, and like if you look at his NBA career, he's always been solid. You know, like you yeah. uh, know yeah, that's the that's a that's a number four pick. You know what I mean? One that uh, and a and a guy who already has rapport with Victor Oladipo. You know, they, they that
2: is very true. That's a good point. Actually, yeah. it's a great did,
0: point. Yeah, they did play together, so it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like anybody's better than Deadman at this point, man. Deadman was a shell, you know? And it's like, uh, and and that's not to say that like, you know, I I talk shit about Deadman on this podcast and that's not to say I didn't like the mechanic when he was here and when he was delivering. Cause like he did some stuff that was really great. He was just losing it towards the end, which you totally thought, you know, what you totally thought would happen anyway. Um, I don't think, I don't think Zeller's done. I think he's got something to prove a little bit. And you know, if there's one thing we do well in Miami, it's like, you know, it's fixed careers that are kind of gone off the rails a little bit. So I think he'll yeah. be service- I think he'll be serviceable. Yeah, I think, you know, that guy's that guy's an almost uh he's he's as close to Mason Plumley as I could have gotten, I suppose, without without getting Mason Plumley on this team. So, I I'll, I'll take it.
2: But is it solid enough play from Zeller to play over Yurt? That's what I really want to discuss honestly. We got we,
0: we got to see. Man, Yurt is coming on. He, Yurt hasn't played in like 8 months. You know, yeah. like I don't know what I don't know what his activity's been in like behind the scenes. We all know that yurt can be a stud when he plays, especially when he was playing for Bam um just last season. But it was
2: feasting not- last year. Exactly. Was Houston.
0: But you know, it's it's also it also comes down to like experience factors too. It's like Yurt did not see minutes down the stretch despite his solid play. You know, it's uh it's really like I'm not going to sit here and try to dissect coach Spo's rotations. I've never been able to do that. And I've been covering this team for, like, <laughs> years. Uh, you know? So, it's, like, Spo will probably go with one. But, like, the fact of the matter is, both are very good, solid pieces. So, like...
2: I think you don't go wrong with either decision.
0: Exactly. And that, and that's that's a good position to be in. And, like, last thing I'll say, and I'm going to pass it over to Matt, because he hasn't had a chance to talk about these guys, is um, we... The, the Miami Heat with this roster pretty, uh, like pretty much the way it was last season was a top seed in the East and and, you know, and stomped on the friggin Atlanta in the first round and then crushed Philly, uh, uh like, you know, crushed their hearts of the fans towards the end of, uh, you know, the second round and then put it down to game seven. It was a bucket. Of, they were a bucket away from going to the finals. Okay. They have not been able to unlock this magic or that magic this season. And maybe some fresh bodies that do something a little bit different, add a couple intangibles, you know, maybe that unlocks what they had last year because that, you know, those guys are still there. It's just, they haven't been able to tap into what made them special. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what Pat and Andy and Spo have, you know, that maybe that's why they didn't go hard, you know, it's like, okay, maybe we just need these guys to shift the offense a little bit and add this and add that, you know, Um, but You know, that's me being optimistic and hopefully just not watching another clutch game tomorrow. So we'll see.
2: Don't forget Caleb being able to play small forward now.
0: Oh, yeah. That'll be freaking nice.
2: That's going to be very, very satisfying to watch because he's a much better wing player than a power forward. Absolutely. I know that for a fact.
0: Absolutely. Matt, how about you, buddy? Talk about it. Talk about it. Can we
1: temper our expectations a little bit? No, for... it's
2: a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just no. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm in five, ten years, we're going to be looking back at this year and just be like, wait, like how we we were how happy about Cody Zeller and Tyler or <laughs> Kevin Love, but like at the same time, it's like we haven't acquired anyone in a year and a half. It's okay to be happy, you know. Like for like I. The general NBA fan is also probably like, wait, like, they're happy about 34 year old Kevin Love and
2: Cody's like, what?
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) 33 year old Kevin Love. Kevin Love is the same age as Jimmy Butler
1: 33. Regardless, we're just like, wait,
2: like, we're happy about who?
0: We're we're starving, man. We're static about
1: (laughs) who? But like, at the same time, like, if you go one deadline without making a move or two deadlines without making a move plus an off season when moves are needed to be made. At really any, any like this team through what 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 are we fifty nine games into the season? Correct me if I'm wrong. 59, 58, not, somewhere around not, there. Yeah. Around then like Seems anything helps. <laughs> really anything helps. Um I don't know I mean I wrote about it a little bit when I dove into the film, but like, love is going to offer floor spacing. We know that shooting 35% from deep this year. He's a career 37% three point shooter. He's going to, he's a very good playmaker in the mid post, high post, low post, wherever you want him. Um, he's a very good outlet passer that can't be ignored, as you guys already previously mentioned. Um, something that I didn't really write, but he's a very good rebounder. Um, especially on the defensive glass. And I mean, Miami's not a bad rebounding team for especially for their lack of size. But again, when you have a 6'8 body who's a good rebounder, well, don't about that, Syria. Um, it helps a lot. Um the rebounding helps a lot, but he he suffered, he broke his thumb and he hasn't played. Like, how good is his thumb gonna be? Better than Duncan. Like how? Like what? Like, are we, like I don't, I don't know what to really expect from him breaking his thumb since he returned. He was only shooting thirty one ish percent from deep. Thirty two.
0: I know, but and like then, that's, that's better than we like.
1: We we play games, right? But or, like, I'm trying to see like what exactly, like what kind of bar are we setting for? Like, do you, oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't because okay. I don't know what to expect. I'm, like, honest. He, I mean, and, but in, at the same time. Again, anything helps. He if he shoots thirty percent, thirty five percent, forty percent. At this point, I could honestly care. I couldn't honestly care less. But like, what type? What type of expectation are we setting for him? Because again,
0: yeah, I I think to, you're, coming I think off you, an injury, you make fair points. Okay, I'm not going to deny that you make fair points. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm trying
1: to like not set a proper expectation level, but I'm just trying to get in your eyes, like where are we,
2: well, we're exactly the, the expectations far. can change depending on if he starts or he comes off the bench. That in my opinion, because we don't, we don't know that for sure yet. I would assume and hope that Kevin Love is a starter on this team. He will be. But I mean, I think it's more fair to put real expectations out there once we really do know for sure. If he's gonna, which kind of role he's gonna be in on tomorrow? Like, and I think, he's only making three million a year, and he's a buyout. Kid. So, like, what the
1: expectation? Like, regardless of how he plays, we might not have many expectations for him at all. And that's not look, many expectation, look, but like, he could do really anything, and it'd be okay. I look at what I'm trying to say.
0: For expectations for for Kevin Love, like, especially with some minutes, because, like, over the last three seasons, he hasn't averaged 30 minutes a game. He's averaged around 20, 23 minutes a game, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I think your expectations are more in line with how he played in 21 and 22, which was 13.6 points per game. Uh, It was 7.2 rebounds. Um, Depending on his thumb, He shot 39% from three, and he was uh, averaging 43% from the field. I think that's the type of Kevin Love that you Mm -hmm. could get in this offense. And it's more or less, like, it's also, there's also a mentality aspect to it. Like, how motivated were you to go out and perform for a Cleveland team who only wanted you when certain players were out? You know, you lost your, like, he lost his rotation spot, he lost his role. Like, this is the veteran leader on the team that brought your team a championship. You know what I mean? And he's not that old. He's still solid. Like he was averaging uh what was it? Uh 17.6 points per game in 1920. You know, that's not that long ago. And that was the last time he got over 31 minutes, you know? So it's like yeah. even with a broken thumb, it's like, okay, so maybe maybe he'll miss some three-pointers. Maybe he's continues to shoot 35% from three and like that's not amazing, but that's pretty damn good for this team. It's more or less like, we can, like, the Heat never grab rebounds. He can grab rebounds, you know? Uh, we have a hard time getting in a transition offense. He can, he's going to circumvent that for sure and make it a lot better, and it's it's also, also, it's another guy on the team who's won a chip and knows what it takes.
1: Right, know? that too. I'm and just sure. trying to play, De- I'm not
0: trying to play devil's oh, advocate. Course, well, I guess I'm
1: trying to play devil's advocate, but hey, I'm just trying to give it, it, like, a different How respect. could
0: you not? It's a podcast. This is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> um, because it's but, like the Chris Bosh
1: comparison, like, I mean, there. I mean, Dan's right there. They're, they're similar players,
0: but but I it's mean, also it's also something that's like This is credit, Kevin Dan's time. credit. Spohn knows how to work a player like this into an that's, offense. That's, that's what I'm that's saying. Fair. Yeah,
2: that's, that's exactly fair. what I'm saying. This like, just feels kind of like
1: I don't want to say it feels more. Do I want to say Trevor Ariza? No, oh, no, 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 Well, well you can't. Don't, no, like, but like, no, from like, like an
0: impact standpoint, like, Trevor wasn't not impactful. No, he was he was decent, but he but he was a laughing stock in the playoffs. It was last last game he played. Oh no, did he, he went to L.A. Well,
2: playoff, or, okay,
1: you know, well, right? I'm just talking regular season playoffs. Yeah, okay. Kevin
2: Love being compared to Trevor Ariza is that that's the, pr- the, the that's productivity a though. that's messed LA. up. <laughs> yeah, I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's <laughs> that's, that's, I think that kind of feels more so like that
1: than like. A higher know. level of expectation that we may or may not be setting. I
0: don't. I don't think so. It feels
1: closer to the Trevor Reed. He's not exactly
0: Trevor Reza. I, th- I like, think. Ke- I think from Trevor a
1: productivity was... standpoint, like how much are we going to? How much are we asking of Kevin? I'm.
0: I'm. I'm. I'm saying you give Kevin love 28 minutes a night, and you will be very content in what he delivers. Yeah. You know, we mean? might be. We might be. I 20
1: 25 minutes. Of Trevor
2: wasn't the worst either. But like, I'm no. just trying to like. It, it kind of was, was the Kevin worst was, though. Like Trevor Reza was. Really He's bad,
0: he was really bad. Let me, I gotta bring that up now because he wasn't me. terrible, he wasn't good, he wasn't good. Yeah, it was the like honestly, man. Like, we traded for the shell of Trevor Reza, like, at this point, I um, that, that
1: that part is true. That part I mean, is something true. that's something that it's closer, it's not exactly that though. I'm just but, saying, no, but like, like, Kevin Love the, the expectation that we're finished? setting for Kevin versus.
2: Something that's contributing to my excitement over getting a 33 year old Kevin Love is just how excited he is to be here, too. That's a great point. He's, uh, if you go, I mean, yeah,
0: that's fair.
2: He sounds locked in. He sounds really locked in, and he seems genuinely happy to be in this organization.
0: Okay, I got to give credit to Matt here. You're not wrong. He wasn't complete doo doo. For the heat i'm just saying from like it's closer minutes, to yeah. like we're we're setting a tremendously high what, what was the
2: reason stats i want no, to know yeah
0: 30 minutes a night for the heat oh uh hang on uh he was 35 when he got to miami just to make 30
1: or oh, oh wait 35 no he was age 35 okay yeah,
0: yeah he age 35 he played 30 minutes a game for the heat he averaged 9.4 points uh four point uh where's my here's total rebounds uh total rebounds 4.8 rebounds um he shot 77 percent from the free throw line which is not great um he where where's his field goal percentage he shot 41 percent from the field which is not great and he shot 35 percent from three Yeah. You know? um i mean he's uh, gonna, it, Kevin's goal gonna goal to goal
1: grab goal. more rebounds it,
0: than that yeah uh, not horrible but a steal a game not horrible but like you're saying but also kevin loved like Tre- Kevin Loves was, was an all-star and like a key yeah, piece yeah. The championship team. Like Trevor yeah. has been a perennial role player his entire career. I think like, I think if you look at the ceiling, they're much different.
1: Yeah. That's a good, yeah. The ceiling is different. I would agree with that, but I'm saying like it, the acquisition, considering he was on the buyout, it feels, it feels, it's not exactly that, but it feels close to that, to whatever high bar that we're setting. With
0: Kevin. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but also, why did Cleveland let him like it, it, he's gone to a rival at the at the end of the day. You know there's a there, there, there's a there's a chance that the Heat perhaps yeah. meet up in this thing and like now you have Kevin Love who knows this like knows this defense really well. You know what I mean? He knows the players and that kind of thing and he's serviceable. Like he like picked up a kevin love in fantasy this year like for a reason you know when he was getting rotation minutes because i'm like oh this guy can be still pretty solid he was
2: dropping 20 points earlier this year right. like and i think he had was a 20 24 point points a quarter? game Something yeah like that. that
0: was years ago
2: that um, this does this season pal that yeah I, I, oh wait
1: i'm thinking of the 36 point or 34 point whatever it was never mind. all right continue yeah.
0: like um like he can still get it done so it's like i don't know like I was reading. I was. I was reading all that stuff, where it's like, okay, yeah, Cleveland might make it, so like he can't sign with the Heat, and I'm like, okay, like how? I is saw it? that
2: too, yeah. And like yeah, yeah. I was just, like, Cleveland can't do that. Yeah, yeah that's the That's, that's elite. not. That's not how it works. You don't buy someone out and mm. then choose where they're gonna go after it. When I saw that, I was laughing because like that's not even. That's a report that doesn't even make sense.
1: Yeah. So it like, was just practically they wouldn't buy him out. Like I don't word? think they would have bought. Like if they knew. I mean. Well, he's in Miami, but, like, the option would have been, like, they're not going to buy him out and then tell him where to go. They, ju- they just wouldn't have bought him out, which.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. The worst I look at this situation for Kevin Love is I look at, I look at floor and I look at ceiling. I think, I think ceiling, he could be as good and effective as the Crowder acquisition, like, uh, and how Jay helped all through the playoffs and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think at his lowest, uh, he'll be Joe Johnson in 2016.
1: I agree with that. That's, I agree. See, I, yeah, I agree with that, too. I like the love acquisition. I'm not trying to compare him to Trevor Reed. I'm oh, just no. saying.
0: You, you have you, ha- you have to you have to play devil's advocate, or else we can't have a and, conversation. It's Jay Crowder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I Crowder. Like, I, I, I mean, they kept, not uh, Chris Bosch I mean, but, like, yeah. I'm trying to, like, set a realistic bar. Gonna I, be, he's going to be I impactful, have... I think. And it really doesn't matter at this point, because I don't know. I don't want to say the season's lost, but, like, you, us three, I don't think have had fun this year. No. Kevin Love offers some sort of fun. That's to an extent, I think that's right? Why we're it's so it's a new body. It's so it, it's someone new. It's new blood. This team needs new blood, regardless if it's when, Kevin when I Love, whether brought, it's Trevor Ariza, um, whether it's Joe Johnson, who might be forty five. I don't know. He can still but, play. With it. <laughs> yeah, he played with the Celtics last year. All right, yeah. maybe I don't know, but like it's new blood in the organization. That's I think what matters more than whatever dumb thing I have to say. But like I'm just saying. I'm trying to set like a realistic bar. I think he'll be he'll get 20 to 25 minutes at least per game. Yeah. I when yeah. I wrote in the round table that's on the site, I think he's going to start. It might not be right away just because I hope it is. I don't is. know how uh, much time he needs to acclimate or not. I say, like, say he's in there. Like I uh, hope he gotta, might I be he might be. he might come off the bench for the first couple of games. I don't know. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I hope he's starting tomorrow. But I do want to very briefly go back to the Bosch and Kevin Love similarity. <laughs> yeah, 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 jump okay. there. I'm not comparing them in terms of, like, you know, statistical standpoint. Mm. Like, I know even when Bosch's last season, he was an right. all-star, and I'm pretty sure he was putting up, you know, near 19, 20 points a game. I'm not comparing them statistically. I'm comparing them skill-wise. The fit, the fit, and the skill—like just the their offensive arsenal—that's kind of what I'm comparing. Yeah. not okay. the exact production or stats or anything, but I think the skill set is very, very similar.
0: Yeah, offensively, offensively. Yeah, though- no, I don't, I don't disagree with that part. i do oh. that part. No, I think I think I think you're right. Um, so when we talk about Zeller um and the type of like backup center this team kind of needs i can't help but think of do you guys remember willie reed yeah yeah Yeah. so for the heat in that in that run like you know we remember him probably being better than he was but i mean what was it it was 5.3 points per game and it was 4.7 rebounds per game but he was effective like I I, yeah. I I don't know why I remember him being a double double machine because obviously that didn't happen. But he was it's just, the
2: plus minus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know if we're gonna get that out of out of not Mason Plumley out of Cody Seller, um, but and I don't I don't know I don't know if we're gonna and I don't even know if we'd get that out of Yurt. But if we get a similar similar boost in in the second unit as a backup center from any of those guys, then that that makes this team a little bit different. Um, and also, like the cool thing too about the heat is like it's 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 always cool to kind of go back this was uh back in twenty sixteen seventeen like i was i covered a lot of those ele- that a lot of that eleven and thirty start, you know brutal brutal watch Goran Dragic was the clear cut number one on the team, you know and i love love Gogi it was seven eleven baby him and Teon waiters, you know uh James Johnson was probably my second favorite player on the team um but no white side. You know, my side never did it for me. Uh, especially especially near the end. But I, I enjoyed him that year. But the thing is, the Heat were able to cut, like the conditioning and all the things that the Heat created himself in the culture, they were able to leverage that in the second half of the season and finish 30-11. and 11. We're, It's about that time now. This is where the Heat generally peak. So if this team has a chance at doing anything in this postseason, I think we see it over the next 20, 23 to 25 games. You know, and uh, if we don't see it in these games, then like temper your expectations for the playoffs, boys, because it's like it's going to be a quick one.
2: And players are getting healthier on the team now.
0: Yep, yep. Like, okay. Vick, so, yeah. Yeah. Like Vic is back. You know, Kyle's coming back at some point. You know, that's the all star break is good for that. Jimmy is rested. He's yes, he hanging is. in Argentina, having a blast, drinking his coffee, doing his thing. <laughs> you know, like, uh, He'll, he'll come back powered, you know, and Bam just, you know, like an all-star appearance is nothing to, especially at, at someone Bam's age, That's nothing to scoff at. That's an honor for them, you know? So it's like, he's feeling good, just, you know, he fit, th- like, you know, you hang with the NBA's best and you stand shoulder to shoulder with these guys. Like Bam is one of those guys. And I think now he might realize it a little bit more too. So it's like newfound confidence, rested Jimmy, some new roster acquisitions, like, I have not been positive about this team season. so we,
2: we have to say something about Kyle. We have to. And it's just because in our last show, yeah. it was either two out of the three of us or maybe it was all three of us who actually like, pretty much guaranteed he was going to be gone.
0: And it was you U2. I still said in the summer that he'd be gone. It's a better contract to trade then.
2: Now that we have him for the rest of the season, I still am not saying that he can't be productive but i think it's it, it's definitely time that he goes to a bench roll. no and no, I, no no and, no. I, and I, don't, I don't i don't mean it as an insult or anything like i think that he can genuinely produce more in a bench unit than what gabe can do as a starter gabe's been pretty pretty near solid more than solid. I mean, he was he was great for us in the playoffs last year when Lowry was hurt and Gabe was starting. It's
0: you just you can't though, because you just assembled something that Kyle is very familiar with. That stretch four, like that like he what made the Raptors work in 2019 was that trade for Marcus All. You know, like Kyle and Marcus All worked really well together. Like the reason that like we talked about it, the reason why Lowry has been crappy this year is because he hasn't been able to conduct an offense properly. Like you took the ball out of his hands. Now you've given him traditional pieces that he can actually do something with. You know, a pick and pop with Love is very different than a pick and pop with Caleb Martin. Yeah, you know? like you he'll gotta have be- the
1: ball. He'll have the ball in his hands more off the bench, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. But he's also going to have less pieces to work with. Like the start, like the new, like the new starting lineup in this case works better for Lowry than what the bench would be, unless Love is coming off the bench you know they'll stack they'll stagger minutes though yeah they'll stagger thought, minutes i mean, I mean I so it's like
1: so many man times too. where he overlaps with like love or bam or whatnot. but like yeah. i think i know i'm i'm kind of with dan on this one i don't
0: know man like almost- did it
2: Gabe, just, Gabe, yeah, yeah. Gabe has a very bad.
0: different game than Love, and I'm oh, sorry. Gabe has a very different game than Kyle. He's a like, uh, you know, he does distribute, but he doesn't distribute at the same level. He's a scorer, which I think is great in the second unit. But I think if you're going to bring these guys, these stretch fours that can shoot in space and that kind of thing, like Lowry is a more effective point guard to uh, to finagle and play with that. Um, whereas whereas Gabe is going to go out and he'll. Don't get me wrong. Like all credit to Gabe Vincent, he's been spectacular in the games that he's played. You know?
2: I'm a bi- I'm a big game Vincent fan.
0: Yeah, like he I'm plays hard on Vincent. defense, and he and he does well. I just think the way the pieces are set up, and like the way the offense and the motion will likely be, you got to give Lowry a shot at this now. And uh, and if not, if not for anything about the money that you're laying on the table, because like I will, I will, I will. If I, if I'm the Heat organization, I am taking a chance on my 28 million dollar point guard uh over my two million dollar point guard to see if he can run this offense. And that's straight up because you have to you have to justify you got to justify that money.
2: Regardless if Lowry starts or he plays off the bench, I don't think he's gonna be in our closing lineup. I think Gabe has locked that that spot up in the final minutes. And um, Lowry hasn't played in a fourth quarter and I don't even know how how many games. It's it's been a long time since. Actually, the last time Lowry played in a fourth quarter, it could have been when he had that vintage performance. It, it might have been against the Wizards, I believe. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, it, was, it was after that quarter.
0: It kind of confuses me, honestly, that Lowry does not play in fourth quarters because this guy has delivered like clutch buckets again and again and again and again throughout his whole career. You know what I mean? And the Heat, all they do is play clutch games. It almost just seems like a disservice <laughs> to not have him out there. Like, it, it really surprises me. Like, like I know he's been playing crappy and that kind of thing, so I hope it's just been an injury thing. But, like, to not have Lowry, who's been a clutch player is pretty much his entire career out in the clutch, just seems like, seems like a mistake to me. Well, the ball's going to be I'm in injured. Jimmy Tyler Bam's hands. And Kyle, I mean,
1: Gabe is, frankly, a better point of attack defender yeah. than Kyle is. Yeah, at this point, it that's, for that's sure. probably the decider in that moment. So
2: Brandon is making that. That's a very valid point, though. He, he's a he's a proven clutch player, and for a team that plays the most clutch games in the entire league, like you, you know, it just it, I just don't
1: know how much of that trend. I mean, you're Brandon's not wrong, but I just don't know how much of that translates to this year specifically. Yeah. Like I don't know, like if because it's like Kyle looks like a complete not shell of himself, but he. He doesn't look the same as he has in his previously in his career. Um, I just I, I think we outlined even, some of the issues, but I don't know how much of this will all change with Kevin Love and Cody Zeller.
2: I'm not even asking for Kyle Lowry to go back to Toronto Kyle Lowry. I'm asking him to just go back to last year on the Miami Heat. No, like I agree. The impact, the impact that he made last year, especially in the beginning of the season, like just go back to that Lowry. Just there is see, an
0: update on Kyle that's like from last hour that I could right. talk about. Um, so – he coach our Spoelstra indicated Thursday a Lowry knee would remain out indefinitely. Ira Winterman of the South Florida Sentinel reports Lowry missed six consecutive games heading into the All-Star break and appears will miss at least a few more contests while dealing with lingering knee pain. Winterman relays that Lowry left Thursday's practice without comment, despite several requests. So the veteran point guard, uh, so the veteran point guard status moving forward is murky at best. Gabe Vincent figures to be the primary beneficiary of Lowry's prolonged absence. So, I think with that, like that new news. You know, maybe I think we see Lowry back, but it seems like there's some burned bridges with that. Like, like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, I can tell you this, um, Lowry, his first year in Toronto, I did not think he was going to stick around. Like, the Kyle Lowry, who wore number three for the Raptors, you know, he didn't seem overly happy. And then that changed a little bit later on. But it's like when Lowry is unhappy in a situation, you can really feel it, you know? So it's like, if that is what this is, then, you know, I think he comes back and he plays some minutes, but maybe you two are both right. where it's just, it's Gabe Vincent's role to lose. They're
1: I'm going to paraphrase it. here a little bit, but uh, Ethan Spolnick of five recent sports, I can't remember how long this was. It was probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, He reported that Lowry like wouldn't, have much of a role with the organization or not like much of a role essentially for the rest of the season. He's said on multiple occasions on record that he's, that he hasn't received pushback from the organization. So that probably means his role some to an extent is limited. I don't know if that's 15 minutes, whether he comes back in March, whether it's 20 minutes, whenever he comes back, if he does anytime soon, I don't necessarily know what that entails. But like, if he's not getting pushed back, so from-
2: Tim Reynolds also reported that Lowry was going to be back by the end of this month, and that leaves only three games until this month is over. <laughs> right? Are we going to see Lowry within the next three games? Like, I don't. So I mean, those are. Saying indefinitely, I don't think he's coming back by the end of this month. I, I don't. I don't know about that.
1: So
0: it definitely that- is an interesting word to use. Me too, and also. Yeah, this seems to be going the way of Hassan Whiteside. Like, like the only thing that Lowry hasn't done is talk about it in the press. You know, where where Whiteside was pissed about his minutes and he talked about it. Um, but they were featuring Bam. You know, like uh, and Whiteside was Whiteside was making all that money. You know what I mean? Like he was the oh. highest paid guy on the team, and his minutes dipped under. Uh, they dipped under thirty for sure. I think he was averaging like more like twenty four minutes a game, like that final season. You know, Bam and took the starting okay. spot. Yeah. So exactly. And then like uh white side got some like play in the playoffs and looked lost and that kind of thing. It's like it feel so, you know, despite the fact that I just had 10 minutes defending Kyle Lowry um, because I really like Kyle Lowry and I really enjoyed him on the team last year. So it's like I want him to play and I think he would be good in this. If the if the bridges are burned in the heat uh, in the heat organization, the only the only person that we've seen recently do that is Whiteside. You know and and you know, and things adjusted accordingly, so if that's the case, they'll likely be phased out of the rotation to a degree. they'll still be minutes, but they won't be like they were, and then uh yeah, and then obviously he'll be gone in the off season. but like the the other thing is that he got to get some uh, the heat needs to drum up some value for the man. So that's That's why we're
1: asking this question, like, all right, what the heck do they do?
2: Because there's a very there's a wide variance of outcomes that could possibly happen. Well, he's on an expiring contract. It'll be much easier to trade him after this season ends, for
0: sure. And 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 everyone knows he's capable. It's just like if indefinitely, like uh, like Matt was saying, it's like if indefinitely was on the table, then it's like I would have probably gone back and got Goron.
2: Yeah, I I mean I don't know Uh, Goron. Obviously, it's there's
0: twenty minutes a game for Goran Dragic. Come
2: on, yeah. I, it's just I strong locker room vibes to be up. Absolutely, I I strongly believe that Kyle Lowry can still add something to this team in a bench role. I strongly believe that. And I'm going to be very, very disappointed if it gets to the point where it's like a white side situation where, That's Lowry, what I'm worried about. Where, where Lowry starts to, you know, voice his opinions and go to the media. I'll be very disappointed if it gets to that. But there was another report that said that Lowry was apparently open to whatever role the team has asked the team is asking him to do, okay, so that's a very encouraging report that's a very optimistic report and just by him reportedly saying that, it seems as if he wouldn't be unopen to going out, to playing off the bench and quite frankly at this at his age at thirty seven and still his championship experience and you know there's still He's gonna room the occasional vintage performance every now and then. I think it it's really a good fit if he plays off the bench. I, I really do. If he's not closing the games anymore anyway, why not – put At least
0: give him bench minutes. I mean, the ideal for for Lowry at this point, um, if he does so, like if he if he doesn't come back and and start and like into the starting role, and he does go back into a bench role, and let's say he's playing well in those short spurts, the ideal situation for him would be, you know, run that, do well in that, have a couple vintage playoff Lowry performances, and then go into the off season with a nice some nice value. And look, Lowry's old man, thirty seven he could very well go back to Toronto next year and ride out his one last dance with them, you know, if he wanted to. Cause like, uh, that, that, you know, he's, he's earned it there. And, you know, and, and frankly, like, um, as, as annoying as some of his games are this season, he's had his moments and he definitely had moments in the playoffs last year. Like, I don't, I definitely, I definitely am a Kyle Lowry apologist. Um, you know, like, uh, and, and I'm, I'm definitely not the only one, uh, on Twitter, but it's, uh, it's more or less like I, I still think there is a fit somewhere. Uh, boys, we don't have that much time left, so I'm going to open this up just to any final words you want to say before we wrap this up. Um, we can probably do a pod pretty soon after this because we're going to have, what, a couple games this weekend? We probably go early next week.
2: Back-to-back so, back Friday and Saturday. Uh, yeah, we have back-to-back Friday, Saturday, and then Monday. So three games and four nights.
0: So if we run this on Tuesday, then we got a lot to talk about. For um sure. So, I love I, how the NBA schedule
1: makers like, yep, three day, three games and four nights right out of the break. With- oh
0: yeah, we also have breaks. They're nice and rested. They can handle it. <laughs> but uh, oh, anyway, okay. I'll pass it so to how you. How you
2: just, how you just said, if there's any, you know, final comments to say to end this podcast. If it comes down in the off season to paying Struess or Gabe Vincent, the money has to go to Gabe Vincent.
0: Agreed. Agreed. It
2: Agreed. has to. It has but to.
0: The Heat have proven that they can find another Duncan or Stroess pretty exactly. easily, or or yeah. Luke Babbitt.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's gotta be Gabe. I I am the a greatest pound pounder in team history. Luke
1: Babbitt. I'm ending on that
0: note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys. Always a pleasure. Uh, this is really, really fun to talk about. Um, uh, Syria, and you know, um, I don't think I swore too often, so you not to bleep me too too much. But uh, to all our listeners, to all our fans, thank you for listening. Um, also, we, my phone went off, so
1: please bleep uh, uh,
0: that out if you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, as yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, and we'll be back to argue about stuff again likely next week, as as we always do. Uh, Dan, Matt, thank you again, bros. Talk soon.
2: Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Enjoy the game tomorrow.